Hi, I'm Liz Stokel. And I'm Debbie Rude. We're Dancing with Skeletons. We know what it's like to keep our past hidden away, like skeletons in a closet. We also know the healing that comes from acknowledging who we used to be and how much we've learned. So every once in a while, we dance with our skeletons. So come dance with us. Good morning, Liz. Good morning, Miss Debbie. How are you? I'm okay. It's been a while. It's been a it's been a while. A couple you of weeks. Have, it's been a couple of weeks. Yeah, you have a little bit of a cold. I definitely have a little bit of a cold. You can probably hear it. <laughs> so <laughs> I've been I've been fighting one and kind of keeping it at bay. So I, I, it's probably gonna as soon as I slow down a little bit, yeah. it'll probably all hit me. I did my very best to keep it at bay, and like the second I felt it, I started taking my zinc and doing all the things that I know to do. Yeah. It probably it probably made it so that it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Right. You know? Right. But um I had a pretty big gig this last Sunday that I was terrified about because of this cold. And um but I managed to I managed to do it. I managed to pull it off. Probably not a hundred percent, but That's awesome. But ninety 3.2%. Was it, a, was it a holiday gig or? Mm-hmm. It was that big Simon and Garfunkel show. Oh, yes. That's right. So at Fulton 55. That's right. Everybody was there. and That's fun. <laughs> so it was fun. <clears throat> but I was relieved. I was relieved when it was over because I got through it. it was, yeah. But it was very fun. So yeah. much love in that room, I tell you. Yeah, that's a, great. So much love in that oh, room. Oh my gosh, that's so great. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 And Thanksgiving. Tell me about Thanksgiving. Thanks. You went out of town. We went to Sacramento. My sister is here. I've mentioned that on previous. I know. Uh, she's episodes. moving here to town. She. They're here. In fact, their moving van with all their things arrived yesterday at about five o'clock. So now they're able to unpack and kind of get settled into their life here. Right. So um, that's exciting. Um, so it was them and my uh, my brother and his girlfriend and my daughter and one of my sister's daughters oh, nice. and my stepdad and mom. Oh, and, wonderful. Um, we, we were there from Wednesday night till Saturday. Okay. Um, my sister and I uh, and our husbands, we shared an Airbnb kind of down the road because my mom doesn't have enough room in her home for all of us. Right. The young, the young kids can just sleep on the couch. That's what they, they did. My and my brother lives up there, so he okay. just went home. But okay. So yeah, I mean, it we we had a really nice time together. We had some intense moments of some sharing that happened around our table. Really? Some yeah, there was some pretty intense stuff that went on. Ooh, my phone is making a noise. Sorry That's about okay. that. Um. But all in all, we had a good time, and some of the things that were said were good, um, kind of in the um, style of this podcast um, and the theme of our podcast about kind of elephants in the room kind right. of stuff. Right, right. We have a few of those in our family, which I probably don't want to share today, but at some point we can. Right. I'm sure that'll be appropriate in a future podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's some health concerns with my stepdad and my mom. And so some of those things kind of got put onto the table and, and, and addressed, which is 
really good, even though it was sort of painful and hard. It was yeah. it was good in the big picture because now it feels like what happened is the universe opened up a window for us to now be able to deal with some things, whereas before nobody knew how we were going to bring it up. Right. Like end-of-life decisions and... Not so much end-of-life decisions, but there are some serious health concerns with both of them okay. that need to be addressed. Okay. And okay. and there's there's concerns about the way they are with each other because they live at home together right. and they, you know... They've been together for years and years and years, and there's just there's just some stuff that yeah. it's like they need to they need to they need to come together. And and was this a planned thing that Mm-mm. that you just thought that oh you guys let's, it was not planned. let's all talk to mom at no, the dinner table. It no. was not planned. Wow. So it was like it was meant to be. Yeah. And um, and there she was receptive. They were they receptive. were they were. That's awesome. So, you know, I've tried for so long to have some conversations, some frank conversations with my mom. And and I get the, the answer all the time is, you'll know when I'm dead. And it's it's very, very hard yeah. uh, for me to, to live in that space yeah. when I feel so left out. And, and so, you know, I feel like if something happens to my mom that I'm just going to be blindsided. Right. And it's, it's very difficult for me. Do you know, like, does your mom have any health concerns that are like... Well, I mean, she's 84. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she was in the hospital. Um, I remember that. A, a couple of weeks ago, right? she was in the hospital for uh, diverticulitis, which can be very serious. Mm-hmm, it can. And she was very, she had a very serious infection. And that could easily have, have gone, you know, very bad. She was in the emergency yeah. room for like three days in a, mm-hmm. or two days maybe, before they put mm-hmm. her for one night in a private room by the time they finally got, right. um, you know, a space for her. But that was, that was very difficult yeah. is, you know, knowing, knowing that that was, you know, something that it could have gone badly and... Right. It's, I didn't have any information right. or any authority or well, it know, makes you probably feel powerless. Powerless, it's like you can't, you mm-hmm. don't know what to do. I think mm-hmm. anyone who's kind of coming to our age who has parents still living is is certainly going to have to face some of these things. Yeah. And um, so, all that to say, it, it, it was it was overall a really good. Really good time, really good trip. That's great. <clears throat> Except for I got a cold, but you know. <laughs> so, well, that's great. And I was a little bit concerned, like, do I have COVID? But you know what? I don't have COVID. Yeah. I, I mean, I did not get a test. I got to be honest. I didn't go get a test. I didn't run out and go get a test. I never had a fever. Right. You I never don't had have, a fever. I don't have right. a cough. Right. I have a head cold. Yeah. You yeah. know? So yeah. anyway, blah, blah. <laughs> And it's, what about it's your where we live these about, days? It's yeah. what we're living with. Well, I mean, and before you tell us about yours, speaking of COVID, yeah, in the last month, two young people that I know of, not sure about their vaccine status, but two young people died mm-hmm. that I am aware of in my sort of immediate circle of immediate friends, and then friends of theirs, yeah. kids, yeah, passed. Because of this thing, I have a feeling, I have a hunch, not vaccinated, but I can't be sure. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's just very upsetting. 
very upsetting. It's very upsetting. I, I, you know, and we won't dwell on this topic, Mm-mm. but, I, you know, I do remember that one of the scientists said that in the, the first 100,000 deaths in this country, specifically in America, were probably unpreventable. You know, there was probably nothing we could have done because of the spread of the disease. Right, and because and of not knowing Because how to of care. not knowing and, mm-hmm. and, you know, learning yeah. and all that kind yeah. of stuff. But, you know, now we're up to like 776,000 in this country. And it just, um, she said, you know the the other six hundred and seventy six thousand after the first hundred thousand were largely preventable right. because we knew some steps to take to right. avoid it and right. and we've been really stubborn in following those kinds of protocols so right. you know it's I, I, know. I don't know you know it, it's exhausting to, it is it's, it's exhausting to try to talk a, about it it and, is and it's exhausting when you turn on the news and now there's a new strain and all of that yeah, so yeah for another time we'll talk about that another time so tell because us about, it seems like it'll be around for a while <laughs> tell us about your thanksgiving well you know what it was um it was interesting so w- one of the things that has happened since the last time we met was that my brother was in a really horrific accident um and he and he lost an eye in that accident and um that has just been that's been really hard um you know one of my sisters couldn't even talk to him for the first couple of days because she was just afraid that she would cry yeah and she didn't want to bring that energy to him Mm -hmm. so she uh, you know didn't talk to him and so i'm the only one in town um, besides my mom, he, he does live with my mom and helps her as a caregiver and, you know, and he's, and he works and he, you know, he's got a life, but, um, it it was very, very difficult to watch him go through this. And this is a man who has, um, you know, had a lot of, had a lot of just unfortunate and negative things happen to him over the years that are not his fault. Mm -hmm. And we can have conversations about, you know, well, he should have been wearing protection and he should have, you know, had goggles on and blah, blah, blah. All those things are true. Didn't like a tree hit him or something? Well, so I don't know if goggles would prevent that. Well, so he was working in the yard with a chainsaw. So should have had eye protection, right? He was volunteering at his church. Um, I, I am trying to think about making sure that I'm okay with sharing all this, although it's very public at this point. He's a very private guy. He doesn't have social media. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was volunteering at the church, which is something he does very regularly. Okay. And um, I think a lot of churches get... Now, this is something I think that a lot of churches should understand and be aware of, that if you're getting volunteers to work on your premises, it just makes sure that you are covered, right. you know, in right. every possible way. Right. right. So he volunteers at the church, does a lot of yard work, and they asked him to take out four bird of paradise Ooh. bushes, plants. Okay, so very tall, maybe six, seven feet tall. Okay. And, of course, the base is as big around as a human thigh, right? Yeah, so the base is as big around as a human thigh, which seems like it 
depending on who you are. <laughs> but yeah. you know, yeah. okay. So he was down on the ground and he and he was taking them off at the base. You okay. Know, right? And so with the chainsaw. Now you can understand, I think you can understand why maybe you would think, oh, I don't need eye protection for this. I'm down here on the ground and you know. Mm-hmm. So he took off he took out one, took out the second one, took out the third one, everything was fine. The fourth one had a rock next to it. So when he cut it down, it fell against the rock and then kind of became like a teeter-totter. And the base of it just flew up into his face. It, it, I see. Oh. In such, with such force and so quickly that he honestly just could not get out of the way. Right? Because he's down on his knees. Yeah. So it came up and hit him in the face. And um, he knew that that he was dying. He knew that he was dead. He he, honestly in that moment, in that split second, said, "This is it. how I die." And um, did it knock him out? It did. It knocked him unconscious. And he Dang. doesn't know how long he was unconscious, but um, could have been a second or two. Could have been a minute or two. Mm-hmm. I, you know. Um, but he woke up and um, went to get help. And he, my mother and him live right across the street from the church. And so he did not want to go there because he didn't want my mom to see him like that. So he walked over to a neighbor's house and they weren't there. And then he took out his phone and called a friend who took him to the hospital. Who, when they when he, they got to the hospital, you know, they were there for an hour or two. And then looked at him and said, no, 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 you have to go to our trauma hospital on the other side of town. So he was sent to Fresno Community Hospital okay. where, they have a, okay. where they have a worldwide, yeah. you know, a world-renowned yeah. trauma center. Mm-hmm. And so they they did an emergency surgery on him, just trying to, to you know, um, just stabilize him. And, um, but his cornea is detached, and he did have a, um, uh, a, a hairline, or a little deeper than hairline, but still not all the way through, but yeah. a, a skull fracture as well. Yeah. And then um, a very bruised face, of course. Um, and so it's just it's just an awful, awful, you know, freak accident. Freak. Uh, freak accident. Yeah. You yeah. know, it didn't fall. It wasn't a tree or a limb that fell on him. It was something that came up from the bottom. And, you know, it just, uh, you know, I think that so many of us, we can be, you know, we just never know. Yeah. We, we just well, never yeah. know. I mean, things... You know? In a split second. And our lives can change. Mm-hmm. You know, our lives can change. And so you and I have an acquaintance, a, a man that was injured many years ago. It's probably been 35 years ago. Mm-hmm. And you call him sexy eye patch guy. Yes, I do. He's sexy eye patch man. Because <laughs> he all, also lost an eye in that yes, horrible uh-huh. accident. And so um, sexy eye patch man. So I told my brother, I said, from now on, you're sexy, sexy eye, eye patch man. <laughs> you can be sexy eye patch man, too. And I think that what he's <laughs> um, what he's hoping for at this point is, even though it seems 
completely inevitable that he will never have sight again in that eye. I think what he's hoping for is that they can save his eye. Right. He's still in the healing process and still in the... So maybe like the nerve endings will regenerate or it, maybe they can Well, if go they can reattach and... the cornea. Uh-huh. Um, so they have to do that with a surgery. That has to be in surgery. Right. Yeah. And so I don't know what's... Uh, he's... I think that the doctor is pretty certain mm-hmm. that he will not have sight again in that eye. But what he wants more than anything is to not lose the physical eye, even if it's going to look weird and all that. So that he doesn't have to have like... So a, that he doesn't have to... Have a sexy eye patch. Have to have a sexy <laughs> eye patch. Because he doesn't want the eyelids sewn shut, you know, which is something that they do when people lose their eye. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a glass eye might be fun, but... You can pop it in and out and, <laughs> and show all the kids. <laughs> But even if he can't see out of it, I think he just wants to to, to continue to look normal, you know, <coughs> and and that's completely understandable. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, if you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s, I think that being having your physical appearance change mm. is tough. Yeah. You know, it's a tough, it's a tough future to look at, you know. Is he younger um, than you or older than he's, you? He's my, he's the baby. Well, we have a baby sister that's much, much younger. But of the four that were raised together, he's mm. the baby. Okay. Yeah. And um, and I'm the oldest. Mm. So so it was just it was just hard. So all that's to say that for Thanksgiving, I decided to, I made an entire meal for my mother and brother. Okay. Because, and his one or two of his kids were probably going to come over and you know so there was these we didn't know kind of who how it was all going to go so a couple of days before Thanksgiving um, they call me and say well it looks like you know my brother was actually invited someplace else so he's going to go someplace else Um, my nieces (coughs) and nephews probably wouldn't show and if they did it would be briefly Mm -hmm. so maybe you don't need to make a meal in the meantime and my husband's side of the family, I was asked to bring mashed potatoes and a couple of pies. So I said, I'm not going to bring mashed potatoes. I, you know, put my foot down on that Mm -hmm. because they will be cold and sticky by the time I get there because I knew that I would be spending some time at my mom's first before, you know, and I'm like, I can't keep them hot, you know, at a house I'm not going to even be at. Right. And I I don't want to bring sticky, cold mashed potatoes. And so I was asked to bring a potato dish of some kind. So I said, okay, I can do that. What I really wanted to bring was a salad Mm -hmm. and some pies because the pies I could do the day before and the salad I could whip up really quick. So that was my hope because I knew I was going to prepare an entire meal for my brother including stuffing, turkey, cranberry sauce, a pie. Yeah. All of it, right? <laughs> That's a lot, Liz. <laughs> homemade a lot. homemade rolls. I mean, I, I did it all, right? So um, I so I went ahead and made this potato dish. I made a couple of potato dishes, actually, including one with vegan cheese. Because um, one of my, my mother is vegetarian, my my niece is vegan, so I thought, well, I'll just do vegan cheese. So I did the Hasselbeck potatoes, mm-hmm. Hasselbeck potatoes, which I love. Just slice them and then put cheese in between them. Was going to put bacon, but one of the dogs got a hold of all the bacon and, and took the Ziploc bag out to the backyard. and Bad doggy. <laughs> Bad um, doggy. <laughs> so... 
it was comical. I mean, there was so much. There was so much. If you you can look at it one of two ways. Yeah. Uh, let's just laugh at it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I uh, made these potatoes. And my mom called me <coughs> at 11 o'clock in the morning and said, my, you know, your niece is here. Your nephew's here. Kids are here. Do you have food? Bring it over. And I said, yes, I have the food. So I loaded it into my car and drove over there with a hot turkey and Gosh, potatoes Liz. and homemade rolls and Where all of it. Where you put it all? Just like on the floor of your car? And, and we do have a Toyota RAV, so there is okay. space in the back. And so I, I brought it all over there. And it's, she just lives three or four blocks right. for me. So it's, you know, I could have held it in my lap and been okay. I'm sorry, I have a That's tick- okay. I have grab, like a tickle. Yeah. So grab. just keep talking I will and I'm going to find me a cough drop. <laughs> There's one in here, I know it. And so I brought all the food over and it was lovely and whatnot. And then what we had decided was that we were going to just take our my mom with us to my in-law's house. And so, because we didn't know whether or not the nieces and nephews were going to come over, and it ended up that five or six of them showed up, you know. So they showed up. They all spent an hour and a half, two hours. They ate a little bit. And then we took my mom with us and the potatoes I made and four or five or six pies, whatever. I made a pistachio cream pie that I have to tell you was delightful. And, um, And we headed out, right, which is 25 miles or so mm-hmm. from where we live. And so we headed out there to their house. And I get there, and my mother-in-law said, what'd you bring? And I said, potatoes. And she said, did you not get my email? So even now, as I I have looked at my email, there was not an additional email from her. Either she didn't send, send, because she showed me to see what I sent you. But either she didn't send, send, um, push send. Yeah, yeah. Or... Uh, I, I I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know how to explain it. But what she had asked was that she decided to make things easy for me and go ahead and make a salad and she would do mashed potatoes. So I get out there and it is the beigest dinner we've ever had because there is no salad. <laughs> the green bean casserole is covered in mushrooms, you know, yeah, onions yeah, yeah, and yeah. mushrooms and all that kind of stuff. So it's beige. <clears throat> Everything was beige, and there's more potatoes than any person could eat. Oh any family God. could eat in a single meal. Oh my gosh! And there's sweet potatoes. There's mashed sweet potatoes, and there's mashed, um, you know, white potatoes, That's and there's um, Hasselback potatoes, and there's potatoes with uh, vegan cheese. <laughs> It's just the potato party. It's just the potato party. <laughs> and of course there was turkey and but it was, you know, it was comical. And you know, when you're very and I had just completed a week of tech um in this show that just opened up. And mm-hmm. so we opened up at the two days after Thanksgiving. So I had been at rehearsal every night till ten o'clock, eleven o'clock. Plus making pies. I mean, I was exhausted. And you know, when you're tired, you can start crying at the drop of a hat. Yeah. Oh, yep. And so I just had to walk out to my car and cry for about four or five minutes, probably less. Mm-hmm. Just cry for just for just a minute or I two. Get, I get it. And just be like, I really wanted to bring a salad. I did. I wanted to bring a salad, you know, and I'm just. Well, that was I'm the just, first thing you were supposed to bring. Oh, yeah. And then, <laughs> um, but here's the thing. Here's, here's, the, here's the takeaway. If you want to change, you know, information, you need to not trust email. Amen. 
Don't trust email. Or even a text. Yeah. I mean, and, a text and, is better. And but. a text is better. And But listen, get a response, you know. And if, and if in four or five or six hours or 24 hours you don't have a response, contact them again. And say, hey, did you did you get my text? Did you get my email? Because, you know, these are Im- the menu at a Thanksgiving dinner. This can be kind of important, you right? know. And so it, it's really important to to communicate via a text or a phone call. Mm-hmm. You know, an mm-hmm. email is really, especially when somebody's busy. They're not going to check their emails. I don't have a notification set up on my phone to beat me every time I get a new email. If I did, I'd be being binged every single time Kohl's decided to tell me something was on sale. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally do. So, no, I will check my email when I have a chance. When I have a chance to sit down and respond. Well, and, and But I promise you that for four days, I did not look at my email because I was friggin' busy. Right. That's, I mean, and that's the problem. And then important things get buried. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, my I get so much email and I, I wish I could make it stop. I've gone in and tried to unsubscribe from things. And, you know, people in my life say, well, the minute you hit unsubscribe, all it does is put you back on their list. (laughs) I mean, it's almost impossible to get unsubscribed to something. I know. I know. And so. And Gmail is good because it has, like, it, it. automatically sends emails to like a so to like the main the primary account or social stuff mm-hmm. like you know everything from Facebook or Instagram or whatever will go to the social folder and then there's the the junk folder you right. know um or the not even trash but the whatever it's called yeah but uh, you know the what spam is the spam the, yeah. folder but what happens in the spam folder is if it's from somebody that I don't know or if it's got attachments that you know maybe it doesn't recognize I can have stuff go to the spam folder that I have no intention of of wanting to go to the spam yeah, folder. Yeah, exactly. And then it never pops up again. So those are the kinds of... I think that for me, the my biggest frustration about the holidays for the last, I don't know, 25 years is communication. Mm-hmm. Just communication. Yeah. Communication from and to, yeah. you know? Yeah. And when you're providing anything any food of any kind mm-hmm. or you're giving somebody a ride right or you're whatever communication becomes very important because scheduling it's, yeah well especially if there's a lot of moving parts in yeah. an event yeah people doing this and that and bringing this and picking up grandma and da 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 right. i mean Right. Yeah. So that's how it went for me. And but my mom, you know, my mom had a really good time. This is the first holidays without the first Thanksgiving without her husband. Okay. Who she was married to for uh, thirty-two years, thirty-three years. Long and, time. And he um, passed away Christmas Eve of last year. That's right. So we were all together for Thanksgiving okay. of last year, and um, and then the the next day. He fell and That's right. went into the hospital and <clears throat> didn't come home. So we did have Christmas last year without him, but only by a day. You yeah, know? and it was probably too. It was too soon it was to, to even yeah feel. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. So so we're through Thanksgiving, and you know, typically Thanksgiving. I mean, I like Thanksgiving, and I I do like the tradition that we. 
we do in our family where we do we go around the table and we say what we're all thankful for and that's kind of what started the discussions that I yeah. yeah but usually even those sharing moments there's some tears shed and there's you know some deep things that are said um but it is a good time it brings up a lot of feelings yeah it does and and so it's a good time to reflect on on the good and on the hard but uh, but especially on the good the things that we are thankful for which makes me think about um for whatever reason, it makes me think about the show that you're in and that you're yeah, open. And it's a wonderful I, life. I, I think that that story is so, I mean, it is it is a Christmas story, but it's almost more of a Thanksgiving story, it really. It really is. You know? It really is. I mean, is. it's a beautiful story. I know that I read one time all the, the criticisms about George Bailey and, you know, and this if it was now, he would have been in trouble for yelling at all those kids and <laughs> whatever. And, you know, why didn't he get to go and pursue his dreams and whatever? I yeah, mean, yeah, th- yeah. so there's commentary on yeah. what's wrong with that. Yeah. But if you can stay in a more idealistic kind of space in your person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's sweet. So, know, tell, of, so tell us about your show, and I know you opened. We did. We opened. And so one of the funny things about that is, you know, talking about the town. And so after, you know, he says, I wish I'd never been born, then he goes back into Bedford Falls, which is now called Pottersville. Right. And um, it says, you know, my character is the narrator of the play, because this is a radio play. Right. So it's done like we're all actors within a radio station. Um and and we're doing the play over microphones and and this play was chosen um, largely because of COVID, so that these actors didn't have to get as close yeah. to one another yeah. as we would normally during a show. And even with that, we had two COVID cases yeah. from our cast, you know, inside right. of I our know. cast. I, I know. And um, <clears throat> but and and they didn't get it from us. It, right. It wasn't. It, it didn't start within the right. cast. Right. And it didn't go through the and whole. It didn't cast. go through the whole cast. Right. right. And both of those people got it uh, separately and, yeah. But anyway, one of the things that my character, as the narrator of the whole play, says is as George heads into town, he sees that the that the whole town has changed. It's no longer the peaceful community it was. It now has, uh, you know, the theater is now a burlesque house. But then it says there's jazz music emanating <laughs> from all of the <laughs> That evil jazz. That evil jazz. And it's so funny to me to think about <laughs> to think about where we you know have come from mm-hmm. in our society. And it's true that jazz music was considered a little bit risque, yep, you yep. know, as were movies and all kinds of stuff. And as we've moved forward, we've gotten a little bit more accepting of things like jazz, jazz. music, you know, and you and I know so many jazz musicians. <laughs> so and, many. You know, and they're so talented. And we've been to, new, you yourself have sung, mm-hmm. you know, with jazz trios and jazz quartets and that kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. And um, so it's just, it's just funny. But it also, you know, it starts with Mr. Gower, who's the, the druggist. Um, he nearly poisons a kid. And George, as a young man, stops him from doing that. And 
you know, the, the thing that triggers Gower and causes him to, um, to drink too much so to the point where he isn't doing his job well is that his son dies unexpectedly from right. influenza. Right. And this was in 1919. So this was during, you know, that, that death would have happened. Mm -hmm. That's the reason that they wrote it in there is because this pandemic mm -hmm. was still, even though this is from 1947, this, this radio play is from 1947 and the movie itself came out before that, I think. Yeah. But um, the pandemic of the Spanish flu. Yeah, because he was, he's an older character, so. Right, right. So he would have been a young he man would have been in 1918, 1919, mm -hmm. and he saved his brother from drowning in 1919. But Gower's son died unexpectedly while away at school of influenza. Right. And so it's very, there's a lot of parallels mm -hmm. to that Interesting. Th that show you're right. and to you're where right. we are today. Mm -hmm. You're right. And even though it's done as a radio show, so there's, we've all got scripts on the stage. And even though the show is 90% memorized, there's still scripts in our hands. And so you're not coming just to see people read. You're, you're coming to see people act out a story. Yeah, yeah. And there were a lot of tears as we were taking our bows. I saw a lot of people dabbing their eyes mm -hmm. because it's a very, um, it's a very today story yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. I, I, you know, I mean, now that you're saying that, you're right. I, cause I, I've seen that movie. It's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. I, I've, so I know it very yeah. well and yeah. I know the story very well right. and you're right. It said he died unexpectedly of the flu. He gets that little telegram. That telegram, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's very, I think it's really important for us to remember two things as we as we go through the holiday season. Number one, there are people struggling. Mm -hmm. Holidays are hard for, for, for a many, lot many of people. people. And and the 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 state of our country is so divided mm -hmm. and, you know, anxious in so many ways. And it, it just seems like this holiday season especially feels so hard. Yeah, it does. But but this isn't this isn't unusual. <coughs> Every <coughs> holiday season has its ups and downs mm -hmm. for many, many people. Mm -hmm. And so it's important to to A to remember that. And B, the other thing to remember is that we need each other, mm -hmm. you know, and we are dependent on each other in ways that we might not recognize. Right. You know, I remember, you know, I've talked about Dear Abby before, mm -hmm. and it's funny mm -hmm. that somehow Dear Abby and her wisdom, even though it might have, who knows who some of those things might have been written by, I don't know. But right. that wisdom, I read it, I read that column every day, like from a teenager on, mm -hmm. and there was so much wisdom that I have continued to think back on yeah. and reflect on. <clears throat> and I remember one woman writing a letter about her son who had recently passed away. Well, it was about her going grocery shopping. But her son was a young man, teenager, who had passed away. And she got herself up and out of bed and went grocery shopping for the first time since his funeral. Um, because she felt like she needed to get back to life. Right. So she went grocery <laughs> shopping, and every time she passed one of his favorite foods, 
favorite cereal, favorite mm-hmm. this. She would she would feel herself choking up. Mm-hmm. And so as she was standing in line to pay for her groceries, the cashier said, um, she's inside of her head, the mom's head, she's thinking, she's congratulating herself for holding it together, right. for keeping it together. And the cashier looked at her and said, why so gloomy? There's, you know, smile. There's a lot to be happy about. Why so gloomy? Put on a smile. Put on a happy face. (laughs) (laughs) And she went out to her car and sobbed, just sat in the parking lot and sobbed. Yeah. Because she felt so... Minimized. Minimized. And and... and unseen, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. And and I think that it's really and that stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And I am a thousand times, a thousand miles from perfect. But as I see how people have reacted, especially especially over the last few years to the pandemic, mm-hmm. to elections, to mm-hmm. the church, all these all things, all these things that are so broken and so divisive, I just keep thinking back on things like that letter mm-hmm. and think, gosh, we don't know where people are we, coming we from. We don't. And we've talked you know? about this before. Yeah. It's like, you don't know why. Now, and maybe it doesn't matter in the moment when someone is speeding and they come up on your butt on the, you know, and they're passing and being crazy on the road. But I, yeah. it's like, I, I, it's one of the things that just really, really drives me crazy. But I have to tell myself, Debbie, maybe that person has to get to the hospital. Maybe there is an emergency. You just don't know. Right. It's. I'm so quick to just want to scream at that. You know. Yeah. Call nine one one. And well, and the other thing, too. In and I don't know if we've talked about this. Maybe we have. But during the holiday season, I feel like people in parking lots. And people on the road, they're they're just worse. Yeah, you know. And and my sister and I were talking about this. Like I, it gets to be Christmas time, and yeah. and okay, I'm gonna go out shopping. I have to like talk to myself, Debbie. There's gonna be crazy people <laughs> who seem crazy, who are gonna be mean and want the parking spot and are whatever they are and. You don't need to let it bother you. Right. Because it's not about you. Because it's not about you. (laughs) Whatever. Let them be as pissed off as they want to be. Whatever. You know, I just, but it makes me crazy. Yeah. You know, people just. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's, and it's worse at this time of year. And this is the time of year when it shouldn't be like that. Well, it should never be like that. I know that I said this last year when we were talking about Christmas. I know that I said it and it bears repeating. And that is that one of the things I do when I have to go to the mall or, you know, shopping, even grocery shopping, I will park as far away from the door as I possibly can. Me too. And I'll just make it a point to not try to trail people and, you know, wait for people to back out. I will just go and park. Park as far away as I can get. Because here's the thing. By the time I walk uh, in there, other people are still waiting. Cruising They're and still waiting. waiting. A. And B, I've 
I've come to a very calm place <laughs> because I've walked. Exactly. And I've been in the fresh air. Exactly. And I didn't have to wear a mask as I was outside walking up to the front door. <laughs> right. And, you know, it's just like, come on, people. Just, I know. Just chill out for a minute. <laughs> just chill ah. out for a minute. And, you know, I, I just want to say something about gratitude. I had posted this on Facebook and, you know, who knows if people care. But um, <laughs> I'm... I know, I know that they care a lot when you say something they disagree with. Right, right, right. <laughs> but what I did say was, I've been thinking a lot about gratitude and about gratitude for our country. Mm-hmm. And I grew up really feeling grateful and believing in gratitude for our country. I'm just grabbing a tissue. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it feels today like gratitude has been replaced with pride. Hmm. And, you know, I just, being grateful for something is understanding that there might be faults and foibles and mm-hmm. and weaknesses, but loving it anyway and appreciating it anyway. Right. Having pride for something or pride <laughs> in something means that, you know, a lot of times that we, you know, feel really good about something that we've done. And I, I know that pride is not necessarily a bad thing, but when I was growing up, it was, you know, one of the seven deadly sins. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. And, and so in, in, in relation to our country, I always felt like the the one thing that we should have in our hearts about America was gratitude. And pride is something that can get in our way, can yeah. really be dangerous. And I think that true gratitude um, has been replaced mm-hmm. with this outrageous sense of pride, this, you know, haughty pride yeah yeah <clears throat> not not like uh, the pride you have in your children yeah but this haughty we're better than everybody else kind of pride right and i think if we would just be grateful and replace any kind of nationalism mm-hmm. with gratitude i think sometimes it takes some kind of tragedy unfortunately for people to get out of that mindset you know yeah. you know i you hear on the news of, you know, people who don't believe in COVID and then the next door neighbor's kid dies from it. And now they're whoa. running to try to find a vaccine. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's I this is something that, um, you know, each morning I I talk to a friend um, and we do it like a little spiritual thing. And a couple days ago, um, this is what this was like the last sentence of one of the readings that we did kind of goes along with what we're talking about. Um, Deciding we don't have to be right is the clearest and shortest pathway to peace of mind. Let's choose peace over the need to be right today, which kind of goes along with this idea of pride and it's my way or the highway or, you know, and, but yeah, if we can decide that we don't have to be right, Mm -hmm. you know, so... Yeah, and if we're grateful as opposed to being 
prideful, Mm -hmm. then that's also going to change our behavior and it's going to change our countenance Mm -hmm. and it's going to change how we react to people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that a lot of us, a lot of people saved some money during the pandemic for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people have money to spend. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of people out there spending money. There's also a lot of people who struggled during the pandemic and lost jobs and lost homes. And so, you know, instead of being prideful for what you've got or instead of pointing fingers at other people and saying, why didn't you do it this way? Why didn't, let's just be grateful right. and show gratitude right. to to one another and to, um, you know, everything that we do have and everything that the people around us have, right. just gratitude. Also makes me think of um, when, I, when I go to my yoga class, <clears throat> Usually, not all, not each time, but I would say half the time, whoever is the instructor will do a, a reading of some kind and kind of give an intention for the class. Mm-hmm. And so this was right before Thanksgiving, and she said, "What if, what if, you know, we really believed, and we really, really could live in this idea that we already have." everything that we could ever want and need that we could all we we already have it you know i already have just everything i could ever want and need and and what would that do if we really really sat in that and and really really believed that and really knew that you know we would stop probably the striving and the you know i mean i know i'm guilty of it you know, of wanting this and wanting that and something new and a new sink. And <laughs> I mean, oh, girl. you know, all, all that. But, yeah. you know, and there's nothing wrong with updating your house or whatever. But I do know that, you know, we can kind of get into this rut of needing stuff and feeling like we don't have what we need and we need more. And there's all that. And, and, and you know, just really, really sitting in, okay. I mean, everything that I've really ever needed has been provided. And not everybody can say that, Yeah, you know, but... Um, it's funny that you said a new sink because the first thing that came to my <laughs> mind when you said that was <laughs> my old kitchen. Yeah. I really want yeah. an updated kitchen well, so yeah. badly. And I saw there's videos of you hacking out tile yeah, I, I got a new kitchen. Ca- I got a new countertop. A new countertop. <laughs> and yeah. I desperately want a new countertop and I need a new sink and I want a new floor and I want my kitchen to be you updated. know, updated. Yeah. And because I'm in there all the time and I struggle. You know, there's somebody in my family who's building a new house. Yeah. And that's hard for me because yeah. I'm like, I don't I'm jealous. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. I'm yeah. jealous. Mm-hmm. Not that she's getting a new house, but that all I want is a new kitchen. And yeah. I can't yeah, get yeah. that. So, I want but, a bigger closet. <laughs> <laughs> but you are exactly right. I have a kitchen. Yeah. I have a space where I can create mm-hmm. and and work. And there's a lot of things that aren't perfect about it, but... I have but you a have kitchen. It. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I don't know. I just, I, you know, when you go into yoga class, so that, that's, you know, that's the intention for the hour. But that stayed with me. Yeah. You know, and I thought it was a, it was a good thing to kind of meditate on through Thanksgiving and, you know, coming into the holidays when everything's about shopping and stuff. And, yeah. you know, what are we going to get for Christmas and all that. 
So yeah. nah, just we're good. We have what we need. So well, anyway. let's leave it with that. Let's be um, let's be intentionally grateful. Mm-hmm. Intentionally, intentionally grateful. thankful and grateful yeah. for what we have. You know, last on our last podcast, we did talk about reaching out to somebody who had different thoughts than us. Mm-hmm. Did you do that? I I didn't necessarily reach out, but I was given an opportunity okay. to have a conversation. So we okay, talk. let's talk about that in the next yeah. episode because yeah. I would like to hear more about that. Okay, um, but let's leave this with um, with gratitude. Yeah, amen, amen. <laughs>